Hello there, my friend. It's Anna Pereira back with you once again for another episode of the Money Mindset Podcast, a podcast to inform, inspire, and of course, ignite your curiosity and teach you how to make money work for you. In this episode, I'm going to be chatting about what I believe are some of the fundamental tips in developing an investor mindset. And of course, for anyone who is new to this podcast, I have been investing in real estate for over 15 years, precious metals and cryptocurrency for three years now. And of course, you know, investing isn't a topic that of course is taught at schools. So I didn't learn any of this any of the knowledge that I have gained didn't come from, you know, my parents teaching me or from, of course, learning at, about it at school because none of us are taught about money at school. So everything I have learned about investing has really come from personal experience, from educating myself, taking risks, making mistakes and seeking out professionals when asking questions, you know, when, when wanting to know more about a specific area and also backing myself, investing in myself and in my knowledge. I taught myself about a variety of topics that I think for most people would be seen as boring or just, you know, really bloody complicated to learn about, you know, topics like finance and economics, accounting, taxation. These, of course, are subjects that I believe someone who is interested and wants to learn uh, or have at least a good solid understanding for how to become a serious investor. These are some of the subjects, although I personally feel that I would add a few extra subjects into the mix, subjects like monetary history, fiscal, having a basic understanding of fiscal and monetary policies and emotional intelligence. So rather than give you a lesson on these subjects, because I know how boring they can quite be, I thought I would share with you what I have personally learned and what I believe are some of the fundamental lessons anyone wanting to become an investor should know about before diving in. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's begin. Number one, understanding your why. I'm sure everyone's familiar with that book, you know, start with why. And so I know that it sounds really cliche, but understanding and being clear on exactly what your intentions are, I believe is key in everything that we do. So what do I mean exactly by understanding your why? What I simply mean is what is your goal? What are you trying to achieve in the long run? Where do you want to see yourself in 10, 15 years time? So understanding what is your macro goal, a macro goal, meaning long-term goal. So something that of course is going to take 10, 15 years to achieve. So what is your macro goal? And then follow that up by asking yourself, what is my long-term strategy? How am I going to achieve this long-term goal? And we do that by creating as well a micro goal. What is a micro goal? Well, of course, that is a short-term goal. And the reason I say that these are key fundamentals in becoming uh, and developing an investor mindset is because this goal and this strategy is going to be the anchor to which you will use to keep coming back to over and over again. 
It is what for me, every time I feel as though we are out of alignment or we're asking our, you know, we're, we're kind of asking ourselves, is this the right move? We come back to that. We come back to the question of why am I an investor? Why am I making this investment decision? Why am I making this financial decision? So for me, understanding our why and having clarity on what our macro goals are has helped my husband and I honestly stay united and stay aligned in our path. It is our anchor. Number two, know your numbers. Money management, I believe, is a skill everyone should have, no matter whether you are an investor or not. And I believe money management should be something, you know, we teach our kids from a very early age as well. Everyone needs money to, of course, buy goods and services. So I think it is so important that everyone should know how to manage, how to balance and how to plan, not just budget for how they will allocate their money. And so yet I know that it's an area that so many people feel overwhelmed with by because we are not taught this skill. So instead, you know, we have these books telling us to create budgets, you know, to quit buying the lattes and save every dollar. But I honestly think there is a much better way to this. If you want to know why the rich are rich, it's simple. It's because they know exactly where their money goes. They pay themselves first, which means they allocate a percentage of their income into growing assets that will then produce them an income. Assets for me, like property, residential or commercial, which return a cash flow if purchased correctly, of course, or assets like businesses that produce a dividend return, which then becomes another source of income. And now when I say business, I say business instead of stock market, because I feel personally for me, in a way, they're one in the same. You can either buy a business and be responsible for building it up and maintaining it in hopes that, of course, it'll eventually turn over a profit and be able to repay yourself back your initial investment. Or you can buy into a share of that business and not need to worry about the management of that business. But of course, that also means that you are not in control of that business and the decisions that are made. So either way, what all those different asset options have in common is numbers. So when I say the reason I say that money management is key in becoming a good investor It is because if you can learn to manage your money and become familiar with knowing your numbers, you will find it so much easier to know what numbers you need to look at in order to understand if an opportunity that presents itself is a good investment or not. For me, the numbers are are the deal. When you enter a deal and you, you need to make sure that the numbers stack up in your favor, if you're not going to produce either cash flow or a dividend from the deal you're stepping into, then is it worth your time? Is it worth your energy? These are the questions I often ask myself when looking at a deal. And another important aspect I want to highlight is that it's important to know your numbers, but equally important to also be checking your mindset. And so what do I mean by this? I mean that it's important to understand if you are making an an investment decision or a financial decision from a place of scarcity or from even from a place of greed. Number three, another fundamental area to work on when developing an investor mindset is emotional intelligence. And friends, in my opinion, emotional intelligence is the reason I believe so many people 
have bad debt, <laughs> have an investment go wrong, or rather sometimes never even begin out of you know fear or analysis paralysis. Sometimes I get stuck in that too. So when you make a financial decision or investment, something I always, always ensure I do is I leave my emotions at the door. And I know that it might seem easier said than done, and sometimes it is, because I won't lie to you, it's definitely one of the hardest things to do and be constantly managing your own emotions when looking at a deal. But when you become really cognizant of that, it is so much easier to sort of check in with yourself and say, hang on, am I making this decision from an emotional place? So this is why I think it's so important for both partners to equally be developing their financial literacy and knowledge and self-development, you know, bouncing ideas um, off one another and checking that the decision or investment isn't made from that emotional place, but rather from a place that it's going to support those long-term goals and that long-term strategy. So how do you do this? Simple. You need to understand what is your risk tolerance, because when you understand the risks involved, you can either allow that emotional intelligence to get the better of you and not proceed or take a chance, or you can work on understanding how to mitigate the risks. And look, don't let anyone tell you that any kind of investment is risk-free because nothing is risk-free. There is always going to be some level of risk, no matter what. There is always some level of risk and in anything, of course, that we do. But not taking a risk, I believe, is just as much a risk because this is why I always say only invest what you are willing to lose. So you always need to be checking in again with yourself and making sure that you understand what are the risks involved and is this amount of money that we are investing or is is what we are investing in, are we willing? Is it too much? Is it too high? Am I going over my risk threshold, my risk tolerance threshold? This sentence has honestly always helped me check in with myself, especially to check that emotional intelligence. And this is why investing can be really hard for a lot of people. One of my favorite quotes by uh, Robert Kiyosaki is, courage is not the lack of fear. It's the ability to overcome fear. And so you don't remove the fear. You learn to manage the fear. You learn to manage your emotions and ask yourself, does this decision support my goals? Okay, number four, you don't know what you don't know. I am constantly reading, learning and watching something that is developing my financial intelligence, my financial education, my financial literacy. Every single week I am reading, listening, watching something from one of my favorite YouTubers. And I found that my favorite way to learn is from listening to other people's stories. So I love meeting new people and I love listening to their investment stories, especially love hearing about their setbacks and how they pivoted or overcame those obstacles that were that presented themselves. Another really popular quote, of course, that I often find myself remembering is, you know, when you're the smartest person in the room, you need to find another room. That quote has always really helped me to check and on never getting comfortable on just understanding where I'm at. You know, I always want to be pushing the bar higher. Number five, oh, and I think this one is so important, your business team. 
What do I mean by that? I mean, your accountant, your property broker, whether it's residential or commercial, because there are two different types of brokers. There are brokers that specialize in residential and they will not understand the principles and the strategies of a commercial deal. So ensuring that when I talk about property brokers, I mean either a residential or commercial, a solicitor, a property buyer. And again, the same things apply. If you're, if you're dealing with real estate, there's a property buyer for residential and a property buyer for commercial. At the beginning of my investment journey, I honestly used to feel really intimidated by these types of people within that held these types of professions because the amount of jargon and sometimes mansplaining that uh, I received used to honestly leave me feeling so inadequate. So I made a decision. I decided to change the way I thought about them. I began to see them as part of my team and my team work for me for my business, for my growth and for my portfolio. So I don't allow them to ever make me feel dumb. If there is ever a question that they throw at me or if there's every kind of jargon that they throw at me, I want to sit there and ask them as many questions as I can until I understand. And honestly, sometimes I will go in with a notebook and I'll sometimes write down something and go home and research the heck out of whatever it is that they've specifically said to ensure that I know exactly what they're talking about. So ask questions until you get it. And if they don't understand what your macro goal is, then they are perhaps not the right person for your team because there will always be someone out there who knows how to achieve the financial goal you want to achieve. Let me tell you that for sure. I have gone through so many accountants, two to be precise, I won't say so many, but two specifically. Again, I was the smartest person in the room, right? That's where it came down to. And I was like, okay, you no longer can be on my team. (laughs) And so I had to go out and find someone that knew and understood what I was trying to achieve and that was going to be there to support me and support my business. Number six, mental toughness. What I also call becoming anti-fragile. What I learned from investors like uh, Andy Tanner, who is a stock investor in options and a few other things as well, He is one of the Rich Dad advisors. Absolutely love his YouTube channel. Highly recommend it. I love listening to him. And if you want to be a good investor, you need to learn. If you want to become a great investor, you need to learn how to fail. This is something that I have really learned so well from him. Because at some point, at some point, you're going to have the deal go bad. You will lose or you will get it wrong. But it's being able to, number one, be prepared and have the foresight to understand what those risks are and how to manage those risks and then how you choose to react or choose to react to the situations is what really helps you to develop a greater and stronger investor mindset. You know, sometimes friends and family are not always going to be supportive of your actions and and goals. And you know, you've got to remember that, that their risk tolerance is going to be different to yours. So a mindset tip that I would give to anyone is to remember this. Their opinions don't pay for your bills. Their opinions will not allow you to reach the goals that you want to set for yourself in life. So re- always come back to that and always check in with yourself. And remember, you know, if their opinions don't pay for your bills, mm, why are you allowing that to trigger you? Finally, I want to talk to you about the deal. Deals for me, I believe, are done in our mind. 
So you need to see the deal, but most importantly, you need to see how the deal will work for you. And what I mean by this is that the numbers need to make sense. You know, at the end of the deal, it needs to be working for you in some way, whether it's returning a positive cash flow into your pocket or whether it'll eventually give you a dividend at some point. The property needs to, for me, needs to have the potential for more than just a quick renovation or quick cash flow. This is why I always ask myself when looking at a property, you know, what can I do with this property? Your mind needs to think beyond the profit, the cash flow, and that resale price, especially with real estate. Real estate specifically for most people, you know, they see a a dump and I see a golden opportunity. So, you know, use your imagination for what it could become. Then check in with your team and see if the deal stacks up. For example, I would need to check with my local councils for zoning or boundary restrictions. I could then use my architect to send and send them a copy of the floor plan and they would immediately be able to tell me, you know, what could be done on the property potentially without even perhaps sometimes even going through council approval. This, of course, you know, varies from case to case, but it's just some of the steps that I would perhaps follow on before even uh, agreeing to the deal so that I would go into the deal, not just looking at as a house that's returning an income of it when perhaps, you know, putting a cash flow into my pocket of $100 a week, but rather what can I do on this land? Could Does this land have the potential to be developed at a later stage and what can I build on here? So this, my friends, is where I think a lot of people get stuck, is fear. They fear getting it wrong. They fear losing their money. But they also fear that if they don't do something with it, that they will regret it later. So where do you begin? That I think perhaps is maybe another topic for another day. So today I'm going to leave this episode here and give you some final tips that have helped me build the multi-dollar portfolio I have today. Number one is invest only in what you love and understand. Be open to learning about other asset classes as well. Courage, as I said before, is not the lack of fear. It is the ability to overcome your fear and choose to see fear in a different way. I choose to see fear as face everything and rise. That's a quote from Zig Ziglar. I absolutely love it. And I always, every time I feel some kind of fear, I go, which kind of fear am I choosing today? Am I choosing to fear it and face it and, and rise? Or am I choosing to fear it and run away? You know, you don't remove the fear. You learn to manage the fear. You learn to manage those emotions. Always be bigger than your money. Mm, love that one. The best way to learn is to get it wrong. This doesn't mean I go into a deal thinking that I'm going to get it wrong. No, not at all. When I say that the best way to learn is to get it wrong, it's because failing is proof you're trying. I say this to my kids all the time because we become so conditioned from such an early on age that, you know, if we get it wrong, you are a failure. And it has such a domino effect, I think, on how you handle the challenges that life presents. So in investing, you need to be open. And you need to be ready to fail. And failing to me sometimes doesn't even look like losing money. It could be just losing the deal or walking away from the deal. I don't feel like I failed. I feel like what have I learned from this? 
So even pulling out of a deal because it's no longer fits the criteria of the long-term goal can sometimes be a really good way of learning as well. So I hope today's episode has in some way helped you give you a bit of an insight as to the different types of fundamental strategies or tips that are involved in becoming and developing a stronger investor mindset. If you enjoyed this episode and found value in it, share it with your friends or a family member, tag me on Instagram and send me an email with your thoughts or any questions that perhaps have come up for you. Thank you so much once again for joining me here today and investing your time and energy in developing your money mindset. I'm Anna Pereira. Till next time, see you soon.